What is going on, everybody? It is 10.15 here on the East Coast. Welcome in to Smack Talk on the Sportskeeda Wrestling Facebook page and the Wrestle Binge by Sportskeeda YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much for joining us here tonight. It is Rick Uccino. It is SP3. And yes, I know uh, we, we were usually the three amigos, the three musketeers, whatever you want to call us. Dutch is on his way. All right. We have been told by the man himself to go ahead and start the show and he will be joining us whenever he gets his bearings is the words that have been said after Dutch told us he took a bump tonight. I don't know what that means. I don't know what happened, but apparently he is okay and he will be joining us shortly. His words, not mine. I don't know how long shortly is in his book, but uh, SP3, how you doing tonight? I am doing well. I did not take a bump, um, so I have my bearings for now, but let's talk about this episode of SmackDown and uh, kill some time until <laughs> Touch Mantel we'll gets here. Dance. We'll, we'll read every one of your uh, guys' comments. I believe uh, Super Chats yeah. are back up and running. At least they were last week, so that's a way to guarantee let's to get go. your comments read on the air. Ozzy, I appreciate your passion. And yes, yes, the Bengals will beat Tennessee on Sunday because the Titans stink. They Guys, stink. you have to understand. You have to understand that your Super Chat donations are so, so important because me and Rick need to negotiate getting raises. And, you know, Dutch Mantel already gets paid. He's going to get – he gets his annual he gets, raise. He gets his money. And he's hey, here. there he is. He's, he's here. here. He's ready to rock and roll. Would you fall down the stairs? What happened? Stop it. <laughs> you okay? Yeah. You doing good? We're live. Oh, hell no. no, I'm hell no, I'm not good. Took a big bump and wasn't even on camera. Hell is I'm on house. I can't even sue anybody. I was gonna say, not even getting paid. You, you haven't taken a bump for free since 1975. No, I haven't. <laughs> that was. Hell, I don't even know how to get on here now. You're on. You're here. Do You're here, pal. You're here. We're, We're good. Now. We're live. We're on the air now. now. Uh-oh. <laughs> he said, F this, I'm out. Yo, he, he was like, he was like, I don't even know how to get in here. You're in. You were in. <laughs> I think Dutch hit his head, everybody. I think Dutch has hit his head. Holy. Hopefully he'll pop back in. I hope he's okay. Hey, he said he'd be in shortly. He didn't say how long he was going to stick around to be completely <laughs> fair. He said he would stay shortly, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Good God almighty. All right. Well, get your comments in. Get your super chats in. We'll read as many of them as we can throughout the show, and hopefully Dutch will join us. Uh well, we finally know John Cena is going to have a partner, and thankfully, SP3, it is the partner he was supposed to have last week. A lot of tonight's show was centered around Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa, Paul Heyman, John Cena, and then L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the show, thank God L.A. Knight showed up because I was really hoping they weren't going to drag this out for another week. There were rumblings that... WWE was hopeful, SP3, that he would be able to be on the show this week after he tested positive for COVID-19 last week. Uh, Fightful saying there was it was not guaranteed. And as Solo Sokoa is stepping up 
to deliver the splash. I'm going, are they, are, are we really going to do this two weeks in a row? Cause it is already nine 57 and thankfully LA Knights music hits, but let's start at the beginning. We'll work our way back to the end show opens up with Jimmy Uso, Paul Heyman, solo Sokoa. Heyman acknowledges the tribal chief. And for a second, I thought Roman Reigns was in the building. Didn't turn out to be the case. Uh, they're going to advertise his ass when he comes back because they, they want that huge ratings pop. That's for sure. Uh, but did say that the beatdown of Cena and AJ Styles was done in the name of Roman Reigns. We got a recap of last week's beatdown. And then we finally get to progress the storyline forward here. I loved Jimmy Uso, like doing the Roman Reigns, sticking his hand out for Paul Heyman. And he's just like, Dude, what the hell? And Jimmy does the whole knee slap. He's like, I got you. And then he takes the damn microphone anyway. Uh, proceeds to say that John Cena is scared of Jim Uso. I don't know, like him calling himself Jim Uso is just weird to me, but it, it's like he's trying. It, it's like that kid, that guy who's been called Ricky his whole life. Like when I was called Ricky my entire life, right? And I'm like, nah, it's Rick now. All right, it's Rick now. Uh, he starts running his mouth about AJ Styles. And then Carl Anderson hits the ring, attacks the bloodline, sets up a match. He starts screaming, saying it's personal now. Solo tells Jimmy to handle it. And, well, he does in short order. Relatively short match to open up the show. Solo provides the distraction, allows Carl Anderson to uh, eat a super kick and a bunch of other offense. Jimmy gets the win here. This was a fairly paint-by-numbers opening segment, but it had some details that I liked about it. Again, I like the bravado of Jimmy Uso and his confidence growing, like he's just going to take over the bloodline with Roman Reigns no longer there. I like Carl Anderson getting involved, him them actually doing something with Carl Anderson. I was kind of hoping the match would be a little bit longer and a little bit more competitive, though, SP3. Yes, after three attempts to try to get this Jimmy Uso heel act right, they seem to have a character that works. After last week, it felt like they had the right character and they were going with it. They found it. They have developed it this week. And you saw it with everything you said with him trying to do the Roman Reigns, put his hand out for the microphone. And I like those type of those type of details. And the matchup was a dominant, pretty much a dominant quick win over Carl Anderson. I like Carl Anderson's motivation of sticking up for his friend, despite him not agreeing with the reason yeah. he got into the fight. He's still going to stick up for his friend after he gets hurt in the fight. So I, I get his motivation and everything but he got disposed of very quickly i think the biggest detail was the post-match where meachin comes out and slaps jimmy uso lays him out on his ass and he he sells it and the rest of the night that becomes the catalyst for what yeah. him and Tolo Sokoa do backstage yeah she smacked him like he was shelton benjamin like that's how hard that meachin just absolutely rocked that man as we we welcome back into the show Dutch Mantel. At the end of the show, you know what I've been going through to get here? I took the damnedest bump. Oh, my God. W would you like to tell us what happened? No, I wouldn't. Oh, okay. Right. Because you're just going to say, oh, can't take care of the damn, what a damn nursing home for you, you son of a bitch. You get somebody to take care of your ass. Hospice, probably. Stop I mean, it. You're not already living in a home? I thought. No, I'm living. I'm living in a home and they take care of me pretty good unless I try to do something for myself. Mm, and then, right, yeah. I think yeah. it. 
So, so how now, much of the show did you catch tonight, Dutch? Did you did you get to watch most of it? I watched it all. Good, good. Listen, I do, I do my job. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. I watched. You were just, the whole you were just show. running over this to your what, to your to your computer. This is what I do. I don't watch it all like straight through in real time. I'll go ahead and then I'll catch up because a lot of it's just I catch the interviews and then I if I see something that uh, needs my attention, I'll stop it and back it up and I'll do it. So it doesn't take me two hours to watch the show. But I watched it all tonight. I thought it was a good show tonight. Yeah, so. and I, we were just talking about the opening segment and the the act of Jimmy Uso, who is just laying it on thick with the bravado and kind of trying to step into the Roman Reigns shoes. SP3 and I both like the fact that he he stepped up while Paul Heyman was talking and held his hand out for the microphone and was doing the the whole Roman Reigns impersonation and really kind of just trying to take over while, you know, again, daddy's gone, like take over for, you know, and, and give the babysitter hell was the analogy that I brought up last week. And uh, it's taken him a while, but it feels like they're starting to find some rhythm with this Jimmy Uso heel character. What did you think about the opening segment all the way through the match with Carl Anderson? Oh, I, I liked for a second. I think Paul Heyman burned it. He said some things. Just, he knocked the people, which is the best way to get heat. Don't knock your opponent. Knock the people. Knock the fans because they're going to come back on you. And, and, and they did. And then Carl Anderson ran his butt in there, and there was no doubt over whose ass was going to get kicked. <laughs> but it, was, it, it, it was a good match. And the whole show I thought was good. Yeah, and the, the catalyst for what we would see the rest of the night was Mi Chen showing up, the last member of the uh, OC who hasn't gotten her ass kicked, and that's because there's no female member of the bloodline. Uh, she lays out Jimmy Uso with uh, the hardest slap that I've seen anybody get hit with uh, in the last several months in WWE. She really okay. just hammered it. Let me ask you a question. Yes. She slapped the dog shit out of him. <laughs> now, yes. do you think next week she will get a return slap from somebody, a guy? Solo looked like he wanted to spike her, right? Like, he looked like he wanted to deliver the Samoan spike. But I'm trying to think. We don't see a whole lot of that. Like, unless it's Nia Jax in the Royal Rumble or like Randy Orton, like trying to get heat by giving somebody's valet an arcade. We don't see a whole lot of that, uh, you know, men attacking women unprovoked. So uh, even though there was a provocation this week, I doubt we see it. I doubt we see it. Now, if Trinity was around and was a part of the bloodline, like we all like were begging for her to be. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, done. Done. Sealed. Yeah, she would have got got. She'll get got next week. But what about what about Nia Jax jacking her up? I mean, yeah. No, but she don't have to join them. They could just pay her to do it. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. She just wants to take out the entire roster as it is anyway. So why not? Just that would be a great little caveat to that. Why not? That would be good. I I'm liked on, it. I'm on board with that. But uh, after Meechin slaps the shit out of Jimmy tonight. Um, 
We get a backstage promo with Santos Escobar, which was pretty good. Tells Rey Mysterio that he's in a fight for his life. But then we get Jimmy walking backstage with the bloodline in tow. And he just starts pushing around backstage workers and, you know, the, the guys with headsets and he's shoving them around and Solo's looking at him all funny. And Paul Heyman is just like, ah, oh, shit, call Roman Reigns. And then we just see this throughout the entirety of the night and actually Solo like joining in. Like Solo was like, at first, I'm going to go back to the babysitting analogy here, SP3. At first, Solo was he trying was, to be the good kid. Babysitting, Danny. Uh, Solo's trying to be the good kid, right? Like, I'm going to follow the rules. I'm going to listen to what, you know, the babysitter has to say. And then by the end of the night, he's like, screw it. What Big Brother's doing is fun. I'm going to join in. And you had both of these dudes just taking it. Shantae, the Adonis catching strays tonight. Like, they just laid everybody out. Like, anybody. In I love the fact, though, that they screamed at Shantae, like, you ain't going to be John Cena's partner like he was ever an option, SP3. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I enjoyed that, but I know I know Dutch Pantel enjoyed it more because it was hit row getting beat up. How did you like that, Dutch? Hell, I was worried about myself getting beat up with that chair. <laughs> Me and that chair had a hell of a damn match. And the damn, I swear to God, the chair down there beat me. So I finally got up, and, and I think I deserve a raise for fighting through the pain. You know, you take a bump, and you miss the whole you know, the, the chair, boom, it's, it's not a good feeling. Mm. And I, am I bitching and moaning? Well, kind of. Yeah. But not bit. that much. So I, I did what the show entitled me to do or wanted me to do, and I got here. So when I get my raise, so I'll, I'll mention you guys. Kevin in the chat saying uh... – Tamina Snuka would be a uh, great option uh, as well due to the uh, Polynesian family lineage and the dynasties. I like, I like them hiring. I, I do like the idea of hiring Nia Jax as just a hired gun though. Like kind of like what the Miz did with Bronson Reed. I do. I do like that. But go well, ahead. Who still remembers Snuka really? That would be, that would be bad. I mean, really. She has not been on TV in a hot minute. That's no, funny. she has not. I can't remember the last time she was on TV. Royal Rumble? Was she even in the Royal Rumble? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think she's been on TV this year, has she? I don't think she's been on TV in two years. Uh, it's been a hot minute. It's been a it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what 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 uh brand she's on. I don't think she's on a brand. I think she's yeah. a free agent. To be honest with you. Uh. So while Jimmy and Solo are doing their whole bit tonight, Dutch, it was all about the countdown to John Cena's arrival. All right. Whether the travel issues were kayfabe or not. Uh, they said these guys, this is what's always bothered me about wrestling. They can never be on time. <laughs> They're always late and nobody finds them. Nobody says anything. And all of a sudden when they show up, the camera is right there. I've never really come to grips with that. that the, I guess they're waiting right in the entranceway for that car to pull up. Yeah. So. Uh, he also got from the airport to the arena really fast. Like, I don't know if the Sacramento airport is only 15 minutes away from the arena, but I felt like his flight landed and then he got there pretty damn quick. John Cena no, flies private. It's, it's about 45 minutes away. You still got to get the rental car. I can take you out. He had it ready. He had it ready. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he called ahead and told him, <laughs> I'm going to be late. Have the car there. 
If he's trying to get his that late, he's private. Why the hell was his flight delayed? He's already late enough, so he just gets somebody to bring in the car, kick the guy out, and he goes on. Yeah, yeah Ted. He had Tedge and Tyrese in them. They was all there. They handed him the keys to the car. He grabbed it, and he got in the car. I was going to say, he pulled a full fast X when he drove his ass into the arena tonight, just driving like a complete a-hole with no respect for Hertz's property. But regardless, uh, he shows up. We get to our main event segment tonight where he comes down all pissed off to the ring, tells the crowd he's got to be serious tonight, Dutch. He's got to be serious tonight. Says he's going to honor the contract for Fastlane, even if he can't find a partner. Bloodline comes down. They whoop his ass. They're about ready to drive him through the announcer's table. And then, thank God, we get L.A. Knight. He comes down, makes it out the ring. Only a week late, but he hits the ring. Thank God he was able to do the show tonight because it was not a guarantee after he contracted COVID last Friday. Tested positive. He was here tonight. Crowd lost their damn minds. He signs the contract. He hands it over to Cena. And thankfully, Dutch at Fastlane, we're getting a tag team match instead of a handicap match. It'll be good. And this is the push that L.A. Knight, it puts him in the main event picture. And that's what he's been waiting on to, to happen. So he's there now, and they'll see what they do with it. I think he's made he, he's made a hell of a hell of an impression on WWE creative. So. I mean, I hope, he does, I hope he does well. I mean, SP3 in a year's time, this man has gone from violating Adam Pierce's personal space to now sharing the main event segment with John Cena. And now he's going to tag against the bloodline with John Cena as his partner at a pay-per-view. That is a hell of a turnaround in a year's time. Yeah, it is. Well, and, he, he, and he got saddled with the maximum male models. That's what I was yeah. talking about. Yeah, he was just... Yeah, but a year about. a year ago is when he first made that transition from Maxine, Max Dupree to L.A. Knight. It was just before Bray Wyatt uh, came back at yeah, Extreme right. Rules, which was around this time last year. So we've seen this whole maturation. We saw him uh, maximize his minutes against Bray Wyatt. We saw him take a couple of losses, but still maintain how over he was. And, you know, the multiple attempts where it seemed like he was on the cups of that big win. Then he wins the Sim Jim Battle Royal, has that feud with The Miz, and now he's here in the top position in the main event, it seems, for Fastlane with John Cena against the Bloodline. It's quite the journey he's been on, but it looks like he's being positioned to be the guy to verse Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Well, when they saw 150 million views, they said, well, we might be missing the boat here. Look. <laughs> Let's go with this guy. What, what, what had the 150 million views? What video? Uh, that was the that was the rock and the rock's austin return theory. yeah beating austin theory's ass so that didn't really have anything to do with la night but no he needs to claim it anyway <laughs> no i don't give a shit just say hey i was on before him and that's why it hit 150 million that's what, what i love what I like about this setup that they've done here is they have given the bloodline and Dutch, this is something you've talked about. They've given the bloodline a lot of options, right? Because you know, a survivor series coming up, some kind of a multi-man match, whether it's war games or, or whatever they're going to do. You mix in LA night, John Cena will probably be off 
TV, I think by that point, the writer's strike has already ended. The actors aren't supposed to be that far behind. So he may be going back to work in Hollywood here soon, but you have, they've been working with the judgment day. They've been working with LA night. They now have been working with the OC. Once these guys start coming back from their injuries, real and non they've set up LA night here. It looks like he's up first against Roman reigns. I would assume Roman is going to beat him, whether it's clean or not. And then you have AJ styles. Who's not that far behind who might be his Royal rumble opponent. Hmm. Well, I'm down with the LA night and, Roman Reigns match. I'm not so sure on the the other match you're talking about, the, the Styles match. I mean, there's more anticipation on L.A. Knight because he's never faced him before. Sure. So I, I, I think that's why that's, they're doing that match first because I thought they were going to do that match. They were going to wait for that match for the Royal Rumble, but Dang. I think they're they're listening to the crowd and realizing that L.A. Knight is the guy that's more ready to be positioned against Roman Reigns right now, and they need a couple of time, a couple of months to kind of rebuild uh, AJ Styles back up and taking him off TV, letting him get the return pop when he comes back, and then he can get a couple of victories against Solo or Jimmy before he faces Roman at the Rumble. Mm-hmm. And if, if, this match hap- if this match happens in Saudi Arabia, SP3, the, the result is not in I'm doubt. Going, I'm going. I'm flying over there. I'm going I'm to get Sportskeeda to fly me over there so I can go to the end. I'll just take it on my phone, and I'll send you the stuff back on my phone. Nice. It's like you're, we're actually there. That's what a reporter does. He takes care of his buddies with him, so mm. I'll be I'll be over there in Saudi Arabia, and I'll be recording all that on my phone. Sounds good, but uh, SP3, when is the Saudi Arabia match? When is that? November fourth, I think it is. Yeah, it, it's, it's the beginning of November. Yeah, but that would that's the match. the The result is not in doubt, SP three, but that might be the match that you have been clamoring for with this LA night push. He may not win, but if he goes out there and has that great match that you have been clamoring for, that's the final missing piece to the puzzle, right? In your in your estimation anyway. Yeah, I said it before. Uh, if he has that great matchup, I think that's when WWE is going to position him consistently as a main eventer in the future and a guy that they can put the undisputed WWE Universal Championship or the World Heavyweight Championship on and have some faith in him. I think that they need that that great matchup or him winning a mid-card title, and I think they're going to do both. I think they're going to have that great matchup with Roman Reigns, and then he's going to probably be in position to probably uh, get the U.S. championship before the end of the year or the beginning of next year. We will. Okay, who has the uh, belts? Belts confuse me. Who has the U.S. championship? Is that Gunther? No, Gunther has the Intercontinental Championship. Yes, okay. Rey Mysterio still has the United States title after defending it against Santos Escobar tonight, uh, which we will get to that match. First, we had the Grayson Waller effect. Bobby Lashley, a guest on the show. Uh, says he's uh, back to the drawing board, disappointed in the Street Profits, says he's ready to cut ties. Grayson Waller pitches A-Town down under, but then the Street Profits interrupt. Lashley ain't having none of it. He says he doesn't want any excuses from Tez and Dawkins. If they want something out of him, they need to prove themselves. 
And then Grayson Waller ends up introducing Austin Theory. He kind of stares down with Lashley. Those two have uh, history with one another feuding over the United States Championship. Um, and then later on, we would see the Street Profits as they beat the holy hell out of LWO after that United States Championship matchup, much to the uh, adulation of Bobby Lashley. What did you think of the latest saga in Lashley Street Profits? Looked like they were going to break up. Now they're not breaking up. They all seem to be on the same page at this point. SP3, have they learned their lesson? Uh, it looks like they have. It looks like they're going to be more <laughs> aggressive and oh, be. Yeah. We'll beat them some bitches, huh? <laughs> it looks like they're going to be some heels. They're going to be some heels after what what we saw tonight. I I like what Lashley had to say. I don't really see the point of it needing to be the Grayson Waller effect, except for it to be a smooth, quote unquote, transition from doing that into the Austin Theory versus Cameron Grimes matchup, which followed that. But uh, yeah, this was this was kind of just more of a setup for the attack later in the night yeah. after the U.S. championship matchup which I thought was actually going to happen during the match, and it didn't. We got a clean finish for the United States Championship match, which I was actually... I would hope if they're going to give it that much time. Jesus, right? I like. I kept I kept waiting. Like, false finish at false finish. I kept waiting for the Profits to hit the ring, and then, you know, we'll, we'll get to the match regardless. But, uh, Dutch, what, did what do you think? think about the Grayson Waller effect, Dutch, your favorite segment in the world? No, I, I think it helped both both sides. It helped uh, Street Profits and it helped Waller and both of them. It helped them because this is, they got the win, which they needed the win. And then they go ahead and the, then they involved everybody else. And this is basically, if you paid attention years ago to WWE, this is the formula they use. It's, it's just formula. And they used to do this years ago. And Triple H apparently has paid attention to it. And now a match just is sometimes not uh, designed just to get one guy over. Hey, if you got the camera on, why don't we get a bunch of guys over at the same time? And that's what they do. So, And they're doing a good job with it. I will say that. We saw Cameron Grimes on TV tonight for the first time in I don't know how long, to be completely honest with you. And I'll say this much. He got a good showing against Austin Theory, right? They they yeah. transitioned from the Grayson Waller effect right into this match with Austin Theory. Uh, he had the upper hand. He was kicking his ass. And then, unfortunately, as it tends to affect 2.5 wrestlers per average on every show, dumb babyface syndrome strikes again. Cameron Grimes is distracted by Grayson Waller. He gets up in his face. Austin Theory slams him into the ring post. He puts him in the ring. He puts him down with A-Town down. And once again, DBS SP3 strikes again. It is deadly. It, it, it does not discriminate. It will take down any baby face at any time. And nobody's doing a damn thing about it, SP3. This, this disease has to be stopped. Everybody around the world, it's a sad, it's a sad time when someone <laughs> suffers dumb baby face syndrome. And Cameron oh, Grimes was, was the latest hey, example. When I, when I was still wrestling, I refused to do the dumb baby face syndrome. I just wouldn't do it. No, no, they want me to do some bullshit. I said, No, I ain't done it. And then they said, Well, you will do it. I said, Well, by God, I won't. 
And then, you know, we have a fight backstage. And oh, you, you got to stand your ground sometimes. You know what I mean? I would tell them, how am I going to get over if I keep putting these guys over? I mean, you know, I got a business to run too, not just you guys. I mean, there's so, ways to do it without looking like a total idiot. Right. And they, they just tend to sacrifice the baby faces so often with these over the top distractions. Like Cameron Grimes is whooping this dude's ass. Why does he care if Grayson Waller is standing five feet you know, away from him? Like, why does he care? Why does he turn whooping his attention? His, whooping his ass is a relative phrase. I mean, the match went three <laughs> minutes. Like, yeah, he controlled two minutes and 45 seconds of it. So what? It was just there. The match was there. Like, it wasn't like he looked impressive or like something I'm going to remember in a week. See, they never do a deal where the, say, the guy hurts his leg or his knee. Uh, go ahead and take him out. Now he has a reason to lose that nobody really gets embarrassed or looks stupid, but they don't do that. So I don't know. But that's what I would do. Stephen Chambers in the chat. Cameron you can say, well, Dutch, Dutch, that's why you're not there. You do that stupid shit that makes sense. That's why you're not there. So. That's why you're talking okay. to us right now. Stephen Chambers saying, Cam Cam <laughs> saying Cameron Grimes is a good talent, but I'm disappointed with how WWE is booking him. Uh, Grimes is not going to the moon. He is going to the crapper. Uh, hey, at least he was on TV tonight. Yeah, he's going to the concession stand, but that's okay. I He's mean, picking up seven going for him. They got they Eight, did that yeah. feud. SP3, they did that feud with, with Baron Corbin, and then they moved Corbin to SmackDown. And it's like, sorry, kid, we ain't got nothing else for you. We'll just, just chill on the sidelines for a while. When we when we're gonna start having a serious conversation about uh Triple H not having the best percentage on these NXT call-ups. Like he's had Solo Sokoa and Gunther. But Gunther kind of started off well. He was already Intercontinental Champion before Triple H was in power. So uh, I'll, I'll count him, though, still. But other than that, like Cameron Grimes, Isla Dawn, and Alba Fire. No follow-up to their vignette from last week. No follow-up whatsoever. Indy Hartwell. Like the Patience. Patience. Be patient, guys. Okay. You want to throw it all at them at one time. You can't do I that. I mean, he did salvage L.A. Knight. You know, at least he gave us L.A. Knight back. And now L.A. Knight deserves a lot of credit for getting to where he's at, obviously. But, I mean, there, there's been some reclamation projects that Triple H has, has, has brought how do back. You think, how do you think L.A. Knight ended, ended up? Jesus, oh, God. Oh, geez. Oh, no. Dutch is down again. He's taking another bump. He's taking another bump. Falling out of my chair, hitting my head. Anyway. Wait, I'm here. I'm here. Wait a minute. His lighting tried to attack him. For the people who are listening on podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, just attacked him. Hey, you never know what you're going to see here, really. So that's if what that's I'm doing. That's not a reason to subscribe to the channel. I don't know what is. Hell, keep doing it. Okay. What was I talking about? I have no clue. Where else do you see that? The podcaster just damn just wipes his own ass out. So, well, I hope he wouldn't be wiping his own ass on the podcast. I would, I would hope that wouldn't. Damn Jesus. it! I did it again. God, oh, guys. Hey, tell tell Mister Fiju, I'm out of here. 
I have knocked myself out. You, you need a longer cord there, Dutch. I think. I think that's huh? right. None. I'm going. Oh God, good gravy. Uh, we did get because he Jesus, he really did leave. <laughs> Son of a bitch. God darn. What is happening tonight, SP3? My lord, this show is hot garbage tonight. But as if Triple H, to your point, SP3, as if Triple H, I'm just moving on. As if Triple H as if Triple H doesn't have enough talent that he doesn't know what to do with. We get Dragon Lee in the crowd tonight. We get a Dragon Lee vignette. We see Dragon Lee uh mixing it up with Austin Theory tonight. We know Dragon Lee is going to be the special guest referee for the uh, North American Championship match tomorrow night between, uh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Trick Williams Trick and the Williams actual champion. Dominic Mysterio. Thank you, Dominic. For some, I wanted to call him Dominic D'Angelo, but that's our boy from Ad Free Shows. So it's like, what the hell is his freaking last name? Anywho, yeah, Dominic Mysterio defending against uh, Trick Williams. So Dragon Lee is going to be involved there. Makes me wonder if Austin theory gets involved and in Bakersfield tomorrow, just a stone's throw away from Sacramento to take out dragon Lee, allowing Dominic to retain the title against trick Williams. But we'll see that, that no mercy goes down tomorrow night. Uh, but we end up getting this matchup set up for next week. So dragon Lee has been on all three shows this week. He has been on raw. He has been on NXT. He has now been on SmackDown. He'll be competing on SmackDown. I have a feeling this will be on all four WWE shows this week. All four of them, yes. I have a feeling this man is going to be assigned a different brand coming up here soon. Yes. He seems like he's being positioned for his main roster call-up and his spotlight being given to him. I mean, he had an amazing performance on Monday Night Raw this week against Dominic Mysterio, really stealing the show. Uh, It was built and laid out as a showcase for him, and he knocked it out the park. And he's been killing it on on NXT for the last couple of months since getting signed to WWE and then had another great matchup this week on NXT in the four way with Trick Williams, Axiom and Tyler Bate. He's one of the best luchadors in the world. His speed, the way he can pace a matchup, his his spots, his high flying is so different from someone that's very akin to his style like Ricochet that he can still stand out even if he's put on Monday Night Raw on the same brand he's so different with the presentation with the mask and his character and i think that it can it just works for me and i think that he can be what wwe's been searching for someone to be the heir apparent uh mass uh mexican superstar uh to to follow up from Rey mysterio i think dragon lee can be it with the right presentation and it looks like he has the machine behind him right now with him being positioned on all three shows and i'm looking forward to his match up with Austin Theory, who I think can be a good base for the style that Dragon Lee has. And I think they saw that with Dominic Mysterio. He kind of was a great base for him and kind of just had his best match to date against Dragon Lee. They're hoping for the same with Austin Theory next week. Yeah. Um, do you get the sense that they're going to let Dragon Lee stand out on his own? Or do you feel like they're just going to be lazy with it and toss him in the LWO? If they put him on uh, SmackDown, they're going to put him with the LWO. That's just what they do. 
That's just what they do. It's the same thing if Carmelo Hayes loses That's exactly the what I was going to say. He's going to end up with Lashley in the Street Profits. Yeah, yeah if, if Carmelo Hayes loses the NXT Championship and he gets called up, he's going with Lashley and, and the Street Profits. That's just how this works, people. That's just how this works. <laughs> And they're better. They're kind of they're better off that way. That's why I say with the whole like on Monday Night Raw with the whole JD McDonough trying to improve himself to the Judgment Day. I'm like, all right, get it over with. Let's just just have him join the Judgment Day because he's gonna be better off. He's better off with the Judgment Day than without the Judgment Day, and y'all don't know what to do with him. Yeah, he's better off one of these groups. So at least you have something for him. That's what New Japan booking has taught us for the last 15 to last two decades. New Japan has built their whole promotion around people being in in factions and people turning on the faction and people turning on their longtime friends and joining a new faction and all that faction stuff. And WWE has been embracing that in the Triple H era. And is the people are going to be better off being in one of these factions. Yeah. And look, you, you get the rub, right? You, you're teaming with Rey Mysterio. You're teaming with, you know, Bobby Lashley or the street profits, people who already have credibility with the main roster audience if you are involved with them, either as an opponent or an ally, people are going to pay more attention to you if you're standing next to them than if it's just, hey, I'm JD McDonough and I'm here on Raw and I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to prove myself in this five-minute match against Akira Tozawa. I'm sorry. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody's paying attention. It's going to take you eight years to get over that way. Uh, mixing him up with the judgment day is the right call. So maybe this will work uh, for dragon Lee who, you know, he is great. I agree with everything that you said about him. I hope he does have a bright future, but maybe putting him with the LWO might not be the worst thing that they could do. Uh, Ozzy with a super chat saying chair three Dutch zero. Yeah. Uh, Dutch has been eliminated from playoff contention tonight. Uh, he has been, <laughs> he has been taken out. I don't think he is coming back. So let's move on to the United States championship match, which got a hell of a lot of time. Three segments tonight. This is one that I actually thought started off a little bit slower than I was anticipating. And there was actually a spot and I, I sent you a message about it, right? This the last matchup between Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar got stopped because Rey Mysterio rang his bell on the Tope Suicida from Santos Escobar to the outside. Mm -hmm. I thought the same damn thing happened again because Rey Mysterio looked like he hit his head on the floor again on the Tope Suicida to the outside. And then he was he did a great job. He sold me down a river. He did a great job of acting woozy and, you know, was very slow in the ring while Santos Escobar continued to work on the back of Rey Mysterio. There was a great spot where he did that, that modified torture rack backbreaker. And you could just see the look on his face. Like, I don't want to do it, but I got to do it because I want the United States championship. It was, it was the perfect storytelling in that moment. But the second that Rey Mysterio then popped up and did this flip, just arm drag, and all of a sudden was starting to run around the ropes and do the sunset flip, I sent you that message. I'm like, nah, he's good. He's fine. He, he sold my ass down a river. This was a really great finish. A lot of falsies. And then, thank God, SP3, they got a clean finish out of this. Rey Mysterio countering the uh, the driver into the, into the cradle. He gets the one, two, three. Did they make the right call by keeping the United States title on Rey Mysterio, though? 
I think so. I think it was the right call for now. I think that this is a developing story. Uh, I think this is just chapter one. I think that Santos Escobar, the longer this title ring goes for Rey Mysterio, the jealousy will build. We didn't see them embrace and shake hands with a show of respect after the match. And I think that WWE did that on purpose because yeah. this is going to be an open-ended type of thing. And maybe Santos is once again going to ask for another shot down the line. And then he, if he loses again, he'll show even more frustration. So I think that this is going to be something that they they further develop over time and this is what i wanted this is definitely what i wanted i did not i did not want them to do the turn now so i'm happy that they're gonna slow burn this yeah um and i thought and i thought the match was very good it went t- over 20 minutes they got a whole bunch of time a, a great reversals and near falls towards the end of the matchup and i like the Shree profits and bobby lashley you know attacking them after the matchup which sets up a now a trios matchup coming up between street business and lwo at wwe Fastlane, which seems to be the pay-per-view that wwe refuses to make matches for because we only got one on this show uh no we got multiple ones that were set up we oh got yeah, one, yeah 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 we, we just oh yeah the next the next segment yeah the next segment match. yeah we'll, two. we'll, we'll so get two. to we'll, two more yeah. two more matches yes we'll, we'll get to the ladies we'll get to the ladies don't worry you know what i loved about this though was when uh joaquin and cruz came down to the ring and it was like grand opening grand closing like i think it was joaquin who was running down and bobby lashley just sh- sh- stuck out that cinder block that he calls a shoulder and just knocked that dude's <laughs> that dude's lights out Oh man, I feel bad for them. They are like the forgotten sons of the LWO at this point. They get no love. They get no respect. Um, they're the job the, guys. They're, they're, they're the, the job guys of the LWO for sure. But I did like Zelina Vega tonight. I thought Zelina Vega was utilized very well in that match, uh, telling a great story. And the fact that like she was she was like enjoying the match between two people that she respected that are you know close friends of hers, but at the same time was just waiting for this this sucker to be over like she was enjoying herself but she was hating it at the same time seeing two people that she was really really close with uh beating the holy hell out of each other and every time that santos would like do a move to to strike at ray's back and set up for the phantom driver uh she was cringing and she was ducking she was very well utilized on the outside very dakota kai-esque uh from from her tonight how she was utilized in the outside of the ring i thought that was a very underrated part of that match yeah, she added a lot to the matchup, and it added to the story of the match of these two guys being close personal friends, being a part of the same stable together. And she has that connection with, you know, Zelina and Santos. You know, he brought her back to WWE, and Rey Mysterio being kind of a hero or inspiration of hers. You felt that through her emotions and her facial expressions throughout the matchup. So I like, I like the way they used her in that way, and the camera kept focusing on her throughout the matchup and also worth mentioning they did the whole split screen where we saw uh jimmy and solo basically running rampant running causing chaos backstage while this match was going on yeah i like that that was a nice touch as well um 
Who do we think is going to be the third member of the LWO in this trios match? Is it going to be Cruz? Is it going to be Joaquin? Or could it just be Dragon Lee? Like, could Dragon Lee be added as the the third man? Because I I don't know which of the Jobber Boys that they decided to choose to throw. They're like, they're like, hey guys, uh, we got a new member of the LWO coming in here. It's Dragon Lee. Yes, he he beat Austin Theory tonight. Uh, why don't you guys take a back seat? You know. Lashley, you know, gave you guys a concussion last week. Let's just go. <laughs> we'll put yeah. Dragon Lee oh, in you're there. Not, oh, oh, they're not cleared. They're not cleared uh, yeah, after exactly. the meeting last yeah. week. Gosh, I, I feel like it's going to end up being Dragon Lee. Uh, that's going to be the third guy. Uh, commentary tonight, SP3, hyping up the signing of Jade Cargill this week. And uh, I think this was very significant in the fact that they called her Jade Cargill on commentary. They hyped her up. They hyped up the video package, and she is now known as Jade Cardgill in canon in WWE, which I think is 100% the right move is to let her go with the name like Cody Rhodes when he came back, right? Go with the name that made her famous. Don't try to reinvent the wheel with her on this one. Just evolve and sharpen the foundation that is already there. Don't don't start from scratch and give her some other name. I thought this was significant tonight, the way that they set up Jade Cargill and her arrival in WWE. Yeah, all WWE has to do is make it bigger. Just, that's what WWE people come to WWE for is the big stage, the huge stage, the huge patch platform, the pageantry, the pomp and circumstance. That's what WWE is known for, and that's what they're going to offer to Jade Cargill. Jade, Jade Cargill is pretty much a complete act when it comes to presentation, when it comes to her look, when it comes to her character, when it comes to her talking. The wrestling can always get better. I think that that's why she should start off the first few months on NXT, but it seems like she's going to be positioned on the main roster immediately by the way they've presented her this week with the official signing and the way commentary talked about her and the fact that I don't remember commentary talking about her like this on NXT. They made sure they did it on Fox, the most watched WWE show of the week. So I think there's a there's a purpose behind that and that she's going to start off on the main roster. And that says a lot for what AEW did with Jade Cargo in sure, presenting yes. her as a star, where she's immediately able to come to WWE and go to the main roster with only two or three years experience in wrestling. Yeah, never forget, by the way, that WWE could have signed Jade Cargill and did not. And AEW did. And you see what the job that they did with her, the work that they did with her, and got her up to a point where WWE is now, hey, here's this massive star. We're going to bring her over, and she's going to be the first big signee of the TKO era, of this Endeavor era. We're going to have ESPN break the story, and we're going to do a video of her walking into the NXT Performance Center, and that is going to do over 12 million views. Just this woman walking into a building is going to do 12 million views. That is a huge credit to AEW. And by the way, is, ex is the prime example of why it's so great that AEW exists. Because without AEW existing, WWE does not have the star in Jade Cargill that they have now. That's just a fact. It's just a fact, folks. We did get a women's matchup tonight. I'm never going to complain about seeing Charlotte versus Bailey.
Uh, Charlotte does come out to the ring, uh, even though this match did not start for several minutes, SP3, because we had John Cena doing his Fast X uh, impersonation. And then we got the latest Elton Strong video. Uh, this one, again, hilarious. These two working together. Just the the exercises that he's trying to do with the shoulder, with the eye poke and the chair swing and just trying to reach out to make the tag. And he keeps falling out of the wheelchair, even though it's a shoulder injury that he's got. Um, all of this was great, but I couldn't help but just early on in this SP3, there was a little advertisement in the corner for the hashtag Elton Strong t-shirt that is now being sold on WWEshop.com. I could feel your eye roll from Cincinnati and when they flashed off of the video and you see the brawling brute standing there with just this disgusted look on their face that's how I felt you looked while you while you were watching this this Roddy Strong ripoff routine that's been going on hey pretty deadly are talented they're pretty great. deadly are funny I love them. the skids they're funny but yeah, they're totally ripping off Roddy Strong as the best, one of the best characters in wrestling, and that's disrespectful. Uh, Benjamin asking, which brand uh, is she going to? Referring to Jade Cargill, I still think there's a chance she goes to NXT first. Uh, just by the way that Cole mentioned on commentary that she's look, she's going to work. She's here to put in the work and and build her way up, which means she could start on the quote-unquote developmental brand even though it's obvious they are back to trying to build it as a third viable brand of of wwe otherwise you know becky lynch isn't your women's champion and dominic mysterio isn't your your north american champion and you're getting so many different main roster people on there there's benefits to having main roster people show up six matches for your no mercy card with five of them having main roster (laughs) participants in them Correct. Yes. There are benefits to having main roster talent on the show, but do they all have to be in prominent roles? Like, okay. At the same time. Yeah. You're trying to build that up as a viable brand. I still think there's a chance she shows up there. Uh, if you had to guess SP three, where, where, uh, let's just say she's main roster bound where she needed more SmackDown or raw. If she's main roster bound, I would say SmackDown. You don't want to dilute the fact that you just re-signed Nia Jax and she's on this dominant run over on Monday Night Raw. Uh, if it if this was like months down the line, maybe you can do that and she can come in and kind of be the 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 equalizer for Nia Jax. But you literally just brought her in. You just signed Jade. I think that SmackDown, you get the most eyes on it. I think you can make her a star and put her as the the lead, one of the lead faces of SmackDown when you make that transition from Fox to USA. So I think that if you're going to put her on the main roster, that seems like the best place to to go because instantly she's going to be able to feud with the likes of your your Charlotte Flairs and your Bianca Belairs, and you can have something instantly for her that doesn't have to be immediately in the title picture as well. And that opens up things for a SmackDown division that has a lot of the top players and the top performers on the women's division on there that they do deserve more than one feud going on in their women's division right now. And I think Jade coming in would be a huge boost would make them the best women's division in all of any wrestling television right now. If you get Jade cargo in there, but yeah, 
I think that would be that would be the best place because I have no faith in Monday Night Raw. I'm sorry. Even with three hours to fill, I see that in the chat with three hours to fill. I still don't see them uh, using Jade Cargo properly because they have three hours to fill right now. And what's happened to Nikki Ross, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell? The list goes on and on. Like Tegan Knox wasn't used until this past week. Ah, uh, freaking! Oh, it's like ridiculous with with this whole this whole show. You have three hours, and you can only get you get two matches of woman, and it's only worth five minutes. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, can't even get you know, Caden and Candice on the show, or Caden and Katana on the show. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of talent that they're not using right now, but I get where Steven is coming from, right? Raw, because they have three hours. I think he's alluding to the fact that, you know, it'll guarantee that she's on the show. You don't have to worry about that. The way that they brought Jade in, she's priority. Like she whichever show she's on, she's going to be on. There's there, there she's gonna have something going on. They're not gonna just bring her in plop her on the bench but but the, my whole thing is I, i'm not saying that i'm not worried about jade cargo getting time of course she's going to get time regardless of what brand she goes on i'm worried about all those women i just named getting further back in the line that's what mm -hmm. i'm talking about use the people that you already do have and then you can put jade cargo on there and she's actually beating some people they the fans actually know yeah, because uh, right now, if you put her on Raw right now, she run she's running into the same problem that Rhea Ripley's run into. She doesn't have she has a lot of credit, like talented, really talented opponents that the hardcore wrestling fans know how good they are. But as far as your main WWE audience, the casuals audience, they have no idea who these women are, or what they can do. Hell, Becky just told that exact same thing to the New York Post this week. <sighs> Anywho, we get Charlotte versus Bailey tonight. Um, Charlotte takes the microphone to start this matchup and asks what happened to Bailey, basically calling her a stepping stone. Not basically, she verbatim called her a stepping stone and then called her shot, saying she's going to challenge EO for the WWE Women's Championship at Fastlane after she beats Bailey. Uh, I thought this was a good back and forth. It's not the best Charlotte Bailey match that I've ever seen, but it was still a rock solid TV matchup between these two. And I loved the, I, I did love the finish. Like Bailey looked like she was cooking. And then Charlotte hits her with a vicious ass spear out of nowhere, gets the one, two, three win. Bailey gets up on the microphone, says, No, I'm done with this shit. We're going to end you. Asuka's music hits which is kind of a weird dynamic because is Asuka a baby face? Is she a heel? I don't even know at this point, but she comes down. She chases damage control away from the ring as they were surrounding to attack Charlotte. She gets on the microphone and cuts a promo in Japanese. And then Bailey was like, what, what, what do you want? Is that what you want? You want EO and Charlotte in a triple threat match at fast lane. You got it. And EO looks over her and goes, that's not what she said. <laughs> no, what she said at all, which was like the perfect. That was the response that was perfect that. deadpan. It was perfect deadpan. Not what Ia. she said at all. Um, we're back to we're we're back to dissension among the ranks in in damage control here. But uh, what did you make out of everything that happened tonight with Bailey and and Charlotte and what Charlotte said to Bailey? Do you think that got into Bailey's head, which is why she put EO into this matchup? 
Well, it it looks like they're going with the whole story that Bailey is jealous of EO and that she's she feels like the spotlight should be on her and it's on EO right now and she doesn't like it and what Charlotte said got into her head and it led to this whole situation where EO Sky now has to defend her WWE Women's Championship in a triple threat match next Saturday against Asuka in Charlotte Flair. I think that should be a very good match up uh, as we've seen EO Sky and Asuka have great chemistry together with the great matchup that they had last week Charlotte and 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 Asuka usually have good matchups together uh I think they will have better chemistry with EO than they did Bianca Belair at SummerSlam and I think the crowds have been hotter on TV than that SummerSlam crowd that's for damn sure so yeah I think I think this all adds up to uh and and i think indianapolis will be a hot crowd because it's a smaller pay-per-view show and they're gonna probably be heated up because indianapolis hasn't got a pay-per-view and i don't know how long so i think they're gonna be hot for that matchup so it should be one of the best matchups on that card and i thought i like this matchup with uh charlotte and bailey i thought it was it was solid work it wasn't anything mind-blowing and like you said wasn't the best bailey and charlotte matchup but it, it was serviceable for what it needed to do it got Charlotte a win, got her more credibility for her shot at the WWE Women's Championship. And Asuka already has the built-in reason that Bailey got involved last week. So she got she, that's how she gets this opportunity. And as far as the dissension and damage control, I don't like it because honestly, I rather them just be friends. I'm yeah, at that point. Yeah, yeah. No, look, the, I don't buy this storyline because of what we saw at SummerSlam. Bailey was the lead blocker for EO Sky. She hauled her ass 100 yards down the middle of Ford Field like she was busting Jameer Gibbs free for a Detroit Lions touchdown against the Green Bay Packers. She took out the entire field and set up EO for that win. I talked to them in the post-media scrum afterwards directly about what that moment meant for them as damage control a full year after that they had had debuted that they're there at SummerSlam again celebrating EO's title win and they've just brought Dakota back and she's even though she's hurt she's still a part of damage control and she adds so much with her reactions and everything like I don't buy that Bailey is all of a sudden now jealous of of EO Sky. Bailey has always been off screen anyway, selfless. And she put together this group because she wanted to lift up EO and Dakota. And that's what she has always tried to portray on screen, even though there was a time where she was going after the, the championship with Bianca and everything early on in damage controls days. But in the last few months, it's been all about elevating the other two. And I'm hoping that this is just a, you can do this kind of a thing. Like don't, don't be afraid of Charlotte and don't be afraid of Asuka because you're better than them. And I hope that's what this is setting up to be. And as far as this match is concerned, I hope what we get out of this is what we didn't get when it was Charlotte and EO and Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship at In Your House. I hope we get EO pinning Charlotte Flair to retain the WWE Women's Championship at Fastlane. I hope that's no. what we get. 
No, because that's the matchup that you do afterwards. You have to think long term. And I, I like the fact that WWE is now thinking that where logically speaking, it should be Asuka that takes this loss because EO and Charlotte is the matchup you haven't done. That's the program to do after Fastlane. That's the program to do if you want to get a WWE Women's Championship matchup at Saudi Arabia at yeah. Crown Jewel. That's the most likely one to do. So you don't want to get, you don't want to see Charlotte Flair lose another matchup until that match. I just feel like Asuka has taken so many L's at this point. That's what she's here for, folks. I'm sorry to tell you that. They used her to end to end Bianca Belair's title reign. She got that. That was the big win sure. that she had been looking for for a while. And especially since she came back, um, you know, with this whole new look, she needed a win that built her some credibility. But that was it. It's not yeah. going to be a series of wins. She had that when she first came up. They're done with that. Yeah, it and and look, Steven saying uh, Bailey for the Royal Rumble. I feel like Bailey's in the same boat as Oscar at this point. Like I feel like their days of being the the top dog on a brand are behind them. Like I feel like they are there to be stars to put on a great show. But as far as like maybe they get the occasional transitional title run, but I feel like their days of being the the main event or the main part of the storyline is behind them. I feel like that is where they're at right now. And I think Bailey almost by choice because she is trying to elevate other women on the roster. And maybe, you know, she's got another run in her on the top one day if she gets white hot at some point. But I just feel like they're being used as I know enhancement talent isn't the right word, but you know what I'm saying, right? They're there to enhance others on the roster. Yeah, I think I think if uh, if if you're going to keep the title on EO Sky, especially going into WrestleMania season, though, I think Bailey versus EO Sky is probably the best matchup that makes sense storyline wise with the story that they're telling right now, where yeah. you can slow burn it and build it up until then. But I'll be honest, I don't see her uh, surviving a Charlotte Flair program with the WWE <sighs> Women's Championship. I see Charlotte winning and then they being Bianca Belair and Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania 40. Yeah, probably. It's going to be interesting to see when they bring Bianca back and how they bring Bianca back because we got so many reports and rumors that she was going to be turning heel with the Street Profits. I'm wondering if she comes back after this extended break and joins up with Lashley, Montez Ford, and Angelo Dawkins. I think that's going to be interesting to check out. SP3, what you got going on on True Heel Heat this weekend? Uh, check out the True Hill Heat flagship podcast tomorrow morning, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. It will be myself, Miss Chrissy Love, and the returning top guy, JJ, talking all things AEW, all the news, Dynamite, Collision, Rampage from tonight. We will also have a special guest with us, Baby Huey, who is at yeah. tonight's SmackDown. So he'll talk a little WWE with us and do some rapid-fire predictions for NXT No Mercy. And then we finish up the show with Scott E wrestling to preview AEW wrestle dream. So join us for all of that. True Hill heat flash it podcast. Follow him on the Twitter machine at true heel SP three. Follow me at Rick Uchino. As you see on the screen here, it is the one-stop shop for everything that I'm working on right now. Uh, dropped a conversation with Ilya Dragunov today ahead of NXT. No mercy tomorrow. And then on Saturday, I will be talking to Julia Hart 
and dropping that interview ahead of Wrestle Dream on Sunday. So I have a very busy Saturday ahead of ahead for myself because uh, that is a very quick turnaround I have to do from that interview. But I'm looking forward to talk to Julia. She is one of the fastest rising female stars in AEW, and she has got a wave of momentum. And I do believe Wrestle Dream is going to be her first pay per view match. So that's I'm really excited to talk to Julia. Um, she's crushing it right now. So follow me on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter. And by the way, Dutch is fine, guys. He's he's fine. He just got fed up with his light, and uh, he, he'll be back next week. He has told us he is good. It's just one of those nights. He took the rest of the night off, and uh, he also put in for a raise. So leave it to Dutch to work there 20 minutes and still ask for a raise. Uh, hey, all three of us. Money in. He got his money in. Um, I was just about to say, all three of us will be back next Friday, but typically they like us to delay the shows with the day before a Saturday pay-per-view. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. We may be back next Saturday, next Friday. We may not, but we'll be back the, in two weeks for sure. Right here on the Sports Keto Wrestling Facebook page and the WrestleBinge by Sports Keto YouTube channel. Like, share, subscribe. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you guys. Enjoy your weekend.